trying to make y'all comfortable. Welcome back to the Inside Feed. Today's show is jam-packed. We are joined by 10-man ride author and PLL stats guru Joe Keegan to discuss the final 22-man rosters that were released today and a Water Dogs Championship Series preview with defenseman Chris Sabia. Yes, Chris Sabia is arguably the most requested jersey in PLL history. And we gave the people what they wanted, finally. Yes, but we also learned who we're getting to see in Salt Lake City. (laughs) Correct. So we're not going to waste any more time getting into our big stories today. And to help us dissect the 22-man rosters and initial betting odds for this season, we're bringing in our guy, Joe Keegan. What's up, Joe? Hi, Joe. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. Anytime. Long overdue. Yes. Let's get right to these final 22-man rosters. We're going to know who will be playing in the championship series, and we want to hear from you because you have all the insight, more insight than we'd have on these players and teams. Give us your surprises, who you like, who you don't like. What were your initial reactions? I think the initial reactions was uh, the way that the rosters broke down positionally. We saw a few teams bring two face-off guys. We saw some teams lean more midfield heavy. Uh, some teams depending on what you want to label them, right? Brought either one short stick D midi, like the water dogs, and then a bunch of two way guys, the whips in the woods probably brought two short stick D midis, unless you want to call Jake Bernhardt, another D midi, but I would call him more two way. Same with Brent Adams, Sergio Perkovic. So seeing what teams opted for that flexibility and kind of turns 22 man rosters into more like 25 man with guys who can do multiple things. So you definitely say these, these coaches, are selecting these players based on longevity, making sure they can get through this entire tournament. Absolutely. I think versatility is key. If you have a guy who can play short stick and pole, like James Barclay on the Chrome, uh, like Tyson Bell on Chaos and Kyle Hartzell and Kevin Undersign can both do that for Atlas. So having that versatility with so many games in such a little amount of time, you never know with injury and health, uh, what your roster is going to look like you know, two weeks into this tournament. So maximizing versatility was key. I think there were a few surprises for me, just one being Jacob Stover over Dan Morris with the whips. We saw Jacob kind of get tossed around rosters last year, Dan Morris being the sole backup for the whips. And now Jacob Stover winning that spot. What do you think with that? I was a little surprised to see that too. Yeah. Stover bounced around from team to team. He has a, he's the record holder for the most PLL helmets and jerseys so far in a career (laughs) it was interesting to see yeah he didn't dress in the championship last year and then to secure that spot I don't know what coach Stagnita saw in the offseason but I'm not going to second guess him because coach Stags constantly finds guys that other people have doubted and counted out and Stags turns their career around and gives them an opportunity so not going to second guess that guy Another one that I got surprised by was the additions to chaos, especially in Curtis Dixon. I think that was kind of a guy last year where there was rumors. We weren't sure he was on the roster, but never really saw a game. But now seeing him on the 22 man, we know he's going to be in Salt Lake. What can we expect to see Curtis Dixon in a chaos jersey? Well, he's Superman. That's what they call him up north. Uh, If you haven't watched him play, you're in for a treat. Uh, He dodges to shoot, dodges to dive. He's one of the toughest one-on-one covers, and he's fiery. He's going to compete. He's going to chirp. He's not going to back down from any defender. 
it's kind of the perfect fit for Coach Tower's team, that swagger and arrogance that they want. And new pickups this offseason, Rob Pinnell, Zed Williams, um, Chrome added six new guys to their team in the last couple of weeks. How do you see them all fitting in with their respective teams? I think a lot of them are great fits. You know, they were brought in for a reason. People might have questioned the order at the top of that entry draft. Uh, but I think every team addressed a position in need. So you want to start with Rob Pinnell. The Atlas struggled to produce from X last year. Eric Law is a great player. He's not really a high-volume X initiator. He plays well off-ball. He can dodge when he needs to. But he's not that workhorse like a guy like Rob Pinellas. So Atlas had the fewest goals, worst shooting percentage on initiations from X. That's part of the reason why they were so bad on fast-break defense, right? If you get the ball lower on the field behind the cage, it's easier to defend. When they're initiating from up top so much, the ball is closer to your own net, it leads to opponents getting out and beating you back in transition. So having that presence at X to calm you down and settle your offense, Rob does that as well as anyone in the world. So that could be huge for both the Atlas offense and defense, really. Then you look at the Chrome, Jesse Bernhardt, right? And that was really just the start in hindsight of their defensive makeover. We thought that was a piece that they would bring in to complement some of the guys who they had. Really over the course of the offseason, Coach Sudan ripped that from the ground and completely redid the defense. They're not bringing back any starters in terms of long poles. They bring back Will Haas as a short stick D midi, but no returning long poles for that Chrome team. So we're going to see a lot of rookies, a lot of new faces, and a lot of upstate tough guys, a lot of guys who are going to play the way that Coach Sudan wants to. Yeah, and uh, I know John Rannigan said that a bunch of the new additions they made, they've all played together in the past and had one of the best offenses um, at that time. So how do you think that's going to benefit them? Because these are new guys, but they're not necessarily new to playing with one another. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, right? I was looking at the returning players for each team the other day, and Chrome, obviously, of the original six teams, returns the fewest players. But they're really bringing in more chemistry than they ever had at any point last year, because a lot of these are, are Coach Sudan's guys, guys like Jesse King, Justin Turry, they're familiar playing with Rainigan, Galloway, and those guys. So there's a lot of familiarity. Uh, Jesse Bernhardt obviously played on Team USA with Will Haas and Galloway. So in a way, by bringing in new players and you know not bringing back as many old players, they kind of increase their chemistry, if that even makes sense. Who won the offseason, would you say? Well, that's a tough question because... <laughs> I'm thinking of that the first team that comes to mind is the Water Dogs because they were the team that picked up so many players. And I think with Zach Courier coming over and getting the top pick there and for them to be able to, first of all, for Coach Copeland to be able to see an off an entire season of play and then allow that to dictate how he built his roster. He saw these PLL rules and then built his roster from 1 to 22. All these other coaches inherited rosters that were formed for them. So Copeland was able to get Courier, a bunch of two-way guys who fit his style and this league's style. So his ability to pick and choose from that, I would say they won. Uh, all the other losing players to the Water Dogs was a matter of who lost the least, I guess you would say. I noticed Brian Carolunas is considered, um, he's on the 25, but he's not on the final 22. That surprised me, considering that Andy Copeland handpicked him. 
that surprised me too. And the same thing with Ryan Conrad, two guys who were picked in that draft. I think it just speaks to the amount of talent that was made available afterwards, picking up a guy like Jake Withers, a great face-off guy for Team Canada, uh, picking up him, Courier, uh, Patrick Foley, some other guys along the way, Matt DeLuca in the rookie draft. They were able to add to their uh, roster. It wasn't just that expansion draft that built this Water Dogs roster. It was really a month, a few months long process. Yeah, exactly. Who would you say overall, looking at these final rosters, has the strongest roster for this tournament? Tough to bet against the Whips. They were the champs last year, and they returned their core. They returned the most important part of their team. A lot of people are raising eyebrows about offensive players that were lost. Yeah, they lost four to the Water Dogs, but they brought in some great guys. Like Zed Williams is just a pure lacrosse player. He can play face-off wings, attack, midfield, do anything. Brad Smith's healthy, according to the coaching staff. That's a huge pickup for them. He was one of their top picks out of Duke last year and missed a whole season with injury. Uh, You bring in those two guys, they traded for Max Tuttle. They're kind of reloading on offense and their entire defense is back. So their roster is in really good shape. Good shape for a repeat is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Vegas is saying. Yes. Perfect segue to talk about what we need to say talk about next, which is initial betting odds were released by William Hill this past week. Walk us through them. Give us your thoughts. What do you like? What do you not like? Tell us. Right. So we'll start with the whips. Like we said, they're the favorites in Vegas. I don't know how fun of a bet that is. Three to one. It's probably the safest <laughs> bet. It's a 17 tournament. Anything can happen in two weeks. So if you want to make three to one odds, I I don't know. The smart play is just not the fun play. Put your money in a savings account. Like <laughs> if you want to live a little, I would pick one of the other teams. I think a lot of the one team that's getting the most on social media is the Redwoods. They have nine to two odds, same odds as the Archers. And I'm not hearing a lot of buzz about them. I'm really not sure why the Redwoods were a goal away from the championship, but Greg Renlian retired their face off position is a huge question mark. I'm sure Peyton Smith, Greg Piscoljian will figure it out, but neither of them have faced off with these rules. So we really can't put a number of an expectation on their face-off percentage. That's a big question mark at an important part of the field. The Archers, on the other hand, returning Stephen Kelly played his best down the stretch. You listen to the stripe, Greg Renlian and Trevor Baptiste just broke down how much better Kelly got over the course of the year. He changed what he was trying to do. He stopped trying to beat people on the clamp and just beat people with his athleticism, which he has more than any face-off guy. It's him, Nardella, and Baptiste for my money after that clamp. So you get a guy like Kelly playing his best. That defense is in the conversation for the best in the league. They slide the most. They still allow the worst catch-and-shoot shots in six-on-six sets. I think Their shorties are a big reason why. Dominique Alexander won short stick of Defender of the Year last year. And Mark McNeil didn't get enough credit because his best games were late. He lost 25 pounds over the course of last season. He played himself into shape. You can see him on the field in the first few weeks thinking plays, trying to make them, but his feet are just a step behind. Then all of a sudden in Albany, he's diving all over the place, making these plays. His teammates love him. Him and Dominique, probably the best short stick D midi combo in the league. So we, and we know that offense, we've touched on that at length. It's 
lethal already, and they added the number one pick. So there's not a lot of weak spots on this Archers team. I think 90 is pretty good for them. All right. Well, there you have it, people. Make sure you follow at PLL Bets, too. And another thing you need to do is subscribe to the 10-Man Ride, yes. which is yeah. Joe's email newsletter. Give us kind of just a quick, what can people expect? Hopefully they can expect a fun email that they actually want to get, right? They can look forward to <laughs> fishing through that and hitting uh, just different bullet points, right? The idea behind the 10-Man Ride is we have 10 bullet points. And what you do with the 10-Man Ride on the field is you cover everyone you cover the entire field so that's our goal we're going to talk about x's and O's stuff on the field we're going to talk about stats there's going to be film clips we're going to discuss the players lives off the field we're going to touch on social issues other podcasts really anything that's adjacent to the sport that i think matters in that given week so weekly it drops on thursdays it's been pretty fun so far and i'm excited to keep growing it What's in this week's edition? What can people look forward to? A lot of roster talk, a lot of odds talk, uh, with both of those being <laughs> dropped this week. And uh, we get some uh, some good positional battles now that we actually know the 22-man rosters. I think that's going to be fun to look at. Uh, the Water Dogs starting goalie spot, who gets that job, and a couple others, a couple other guys fighting for time. All right, Joe, we are going to bring you back in just a few minutes for a special edition of That Speed, Boy. But right now, let's get to Water Dogs' Chris Sabia. Please welcome to the show Water Dogs defenseman and one of our pros with the most rabid fan base, Chris Sabia. (laughs) I'm not even going to wait to get to the rabid fan base. I want to start with it now. You have easily one of the funniest fan bases Mm -hmm. in the PLL. And I think I need to give some context before we kind of hear your side. So while on Chrome, there were some comments here and there. We would get DMs all the time. About Sabia Jersey. Jersey. Sabia Jersey. Jersey. And then you (laughs) get picked up by the Water Dogs and it ramped up insanely. And it got to a point where like I bought into it and I was like, I'm just going to like buy into this. Like if you know, let's just go for it. So, so many people commented, DM'd stories. It was, I will not stop commenting until you do what's right. I'm just saying, if you guys made Chris Sabia jerseys, there would be no scenario where I don't buy one. (laughs) I would wear a Chris Sabia jersey every day of the week. I'd buy Chris Sabia jerseys for my whole family if I could. The world needs Chris Sabia jerseys, and they needed them yesterday. It even got to the point where your sister got involved. No, I know, yeah. <laughs> she DM'd the account before you were drafted and saying, you guys need to pick up my my brother, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to be like, I'm not Coach Copeland, but like, <laughs> I'll just put a good word. It ended up happening. And now, and then she was like, you need to put my brother's jersey, blah. So... Though the Water Dogs jersey is not finalized and like no one knows what it looks like. Yeah, no one knows. <laughs> it, it, it's close. What did you know? Who are these people? Where did this start? So, like all of those ones you just read sounded so familiar. Like I could probably name you who did each one. Like I'd say it's a mix of like my buddies who I play with at Penn State and then all my like home friends in like Harleysville and kids I went to school with, high school, stuff like that. Like I it started out kind of as a joke, you know, like a few people did it here and there. And then 
it kind of slowly gained momentum and then it got like out of control. Like I had to like I almost had to tell a few people like, hey, like you gotta relax. Like this <laughs> is getting too crazy. But I mean, they were relentless. They just would not stop. And then I mean, hey, I guess it worked. But rumor has it on the streets from what I'm hearing is they're uh they're not satisfied anymore and they're gonna <laughs> be starting up again soon. That's what I heard. I mean, I can't confirm or deny, but um whoever runs that account better better get ready i'd say i was gonna say we gave the people what they wanted sort of with your name and number yeah. g which i'm pretty sure was like one of the highest selling yeah. in, like <laughs> items the day we put it on sale yeah. so we made them somewhat happy but not totally happy it sounds like yeah so i mean their their hunger has you know it's stopped for a little bit but i think it's it's coming back soon that's what i hear at least so we'll, we'll see <laughs> well it's it was uh it's very fun for us to see. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about championship series. 25 days away. Water dogs are in a very unique situation because you guys have never played together before, obviously. But now we're working with a condensed training camp as well. So what is Coach Copeland doing virtually to get you guys prepared for July 25th? Yeah, so I mean, the first few months we did like just like Zoom happy hours. So like everyone get together. I'm sure like the other teams are probably doing something similar, but we get together, just have a few beers, hang out, talk for like an hour or whatever. And, um, you know, it just helps put a face to a name because I know um, I don't know a lot of these kids. I mean, I played against a lot of them, but I don't know them personally. So I think that helped. And then recently we've just been kind of going over little X's and O's kind of stuff with the Zoom calls. But I mean, I think it's all about just like bonding and, you know, um, doing some like team building stuff or as much as you can through, you know, Zoom and everything. So, I mean, there's not a ton, I guess, you can do as far as getting people familiar with each other, but I think we're doing as much as we can. Being a young defenseman, you're now going to be working in on the defense under Brody Merrill. What does that mean? You know, how excited are you to have him on your side? I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, he's like a guy everyone's looked up to. He's like a little legend of the game. So, I mean, for me to now be playing with him, it's it's crazy. So, I mean, that's like the kind of – that's one of the coolest parts of the pillow, I think, is like people I've watched on TV, whether it's last year playing with like Jordan Wolf, guys like that, guys that I watched like growing up now that I'm playing with, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, you were on Chrome last season. What did you learn from the ups and downs of that season that you think you can carry over to the Water Dogs and that will help this team? Yeah, I mean, um, just sticking together. Um, the locker room was one of the tightest I've ever seen. Um, I know we didn't win a lot of games, and obviously that wasn't our intentions, but, I mean, we stayed together. We had, like, from top to bottom, I'd say, the older guys, all, like, the younger guys. Everyone, you know, got along. and um, I think we stayed together, which was something that, going what was it like two and ten or whatever it did I mean teams can fall apart pretty pretty easily losing that many games so I mean I think that was something really cool Grant is now Grant Amon is now within the PLL on the Archers you're very familiar with him playing with together at Penn State what (laughs) what's he gonna bring to the PLL um I mean he's like electric I mean you see how he can pass like he'll be looking one way and throw a ball another way and like defensemen, their heads are spinning, you know? So, I mean, he's one of the, I'd say one of the most fun people to watch. I mean, it's going to be annoying as hell to finally play against him. You know, it's been nice having him on my team, but um, yeah, it'll be really funny when we play the archers and we get matched up against each other. Cause I mean, we've been playing together 15 years, I want to say something like that, which is insane. So, I mean, to finally, 
go for real. Because, I mean, in practice, I always go a little light on him. You know, I don't want to <laughs> hurt him or anything, you know. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. I know we're both looking forward to it. I've seen photos back to the jerseys. Both of y'all have the number 16 mm-hmm. from Penn State. What's the backstory behind that? So the number 16 represents Connor Darcy. So he passed away when we were going into our freshman year. Um, and basically the number 16, it's like, I, it's the highest honor you can get at Penn State, I'd say. And so the senior who wears it passes it down to a rising senior the next year. And basically what the number represents is like his legacy, not only as a teammate, but as just a competitor on the field and like just one of the best all around teammates you can be. So, I mean, for me, I know when I was um, awarded that number from uh, Ryan Keenan, like it, it was one of the best feelings I've had in my life. So, I mean, to be able to not only wear that at Penn State, but now carry that on through the PLL, I mean, it's it's a dream come true. I know Grant is a member of the Crisabia fan club. He always posts when yeah. he got your number to you. He was like, finally. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were, yeah, we were messing around because like he got – I guess he got his T-shirt like the day he got drafted, which was like before mine came out. I was like, of course, like this, <laughs> of course, this is gonna happen. But it's it's all good. All good. All right. Should we get into hypothetically speaking? Yes, hypothetically speaking, a segment where we stretch our minds, get creative, and throw out very random situations. <laughs> so we're keeping we're keeping on the theme of the Chris Savia jersey. You have one person that is. Whoever you want. Oh, man. Celebrity, athlete, figure. <laughs> Who do you want to be wearing your Water Dogs jersey? Only one person. Only one person? Um, I'm going to say Jeremy Wade. Do you have any idea who that is? Oh, no. No. <laughs> Should we? So there's a show that I think used to be on like Discovery Channel or something. It was called River Monsters, right? And this guy would catch like the most insane fish you've ever seen in your entire life. Like the coolest like British dude, like um, master angler, whatever you want to call it. And if he was had an episode of his show where he was just rocking a jersey the whole time and catching like a 10-foot fish, that'd be the craziest thing ever. So I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That was not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> In the slightest. Usually people be like LeBron, like No. Not yeah, yeah, that was not what I was expecting. It'd be either be that or like Guy Fieri. That'd be pretty funny if he was courtside just in the Oh, that would that'd be, be really so good. <laughs> we gotta figure out a way now. Right. <laughs> we could someone DM him. We gotta get, start getting people to harass Guy yeah. Fieri. Yeah, I'll send my goons after him. I'm yeah, yes. yeah. Soon. <laughs> Put that on the to do list. That would be <laughs> sick. Oh, now I'm not going to stop thinking about that. We should have a cutout of him in, in the stands in your jersey. Map you something. Oh my god! All right, let's do it. <laughs> we, we could do it. it. <laughs> we could do it. We could do it. We'll try to make it happen. All right, Chris. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll see you very soon. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. 
Before we get into that speed boy with Joe Keegan, this podcast is brought to you by our incredible friends at Ticketmaster, the official presenting sponsor of the championship series starting July 25th through August 9th on NBC. Ticketmaster has all of your needs when it comes to concerts, sporting events, arts and theater, and much more. To check out everything they have to offer, head to Ticketmaster.com or open up the Ticketmaster app. Again, Ticketmaster.com or open up your Ticketmaster app. So we're doing a little something special for that That speed, boy. That speed, boy. (laughs) And we are bringing Joe back. And we're going to put his knowledge to the test this time instead of Emma. He will have 52 seconds as usual. If he gets it correct, he'll hear this sound. And if he gets it wrong, he'll hear this sound. Are you ready? Let's go. (laughs) I'm so excited. Do you want to be the timer? Sure. Go. Which club led the league for shots on goal? Chaos. Which club had the most power play goals? Archers. Which club had the most turnovers? Uh, Atlas. Who led Chrome in calls turnovers? Chrome? Wow. Joel what? How many points did Will Manny have week one against Chrome? Uh, four. Uh, which club had the most one-point goals in 2019? Chrome. Yes, Joe. Who led the most, who had the most shorthanded goals in 2019? Uh, Redwoods, maybe. I don't know. I can't even remember a single shorthanded goal. You didn't do not terrible, but not great. <laughs> not great. No, I did. It didn't feel great. How many did I get? Okay, so the Redwoods led the league for shots on goal with 257. Mind you, this wrong. is all regular season. I got that wrong. Archers had the most power play goals with 14. I got that right. Chaos okay. had the most turnovers, 144. Mike Manley yeah. led Rome and caused turnovers with eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, as soon as I said Atlas for the most turnovers, I was like, I thought that they just might have turned the ball over because they had it so much with Trevor. But then I was like, yeah, chaos. It, it was, <laughs> chaos was the easy answer. Um, well, Manny had four goals during week one. Um, Chrome had the most one-point goals in 2019. I think you got that right, with 113. And... John Rannigan and Josh Byrne were tied for the most shorthanded goals in 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Rannigan's in week 10. That was like – I think that was two men down. There you go. Was that everything you expected it to be and more? It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't give me the numbers once. Whenever you give those to Emma, like, that's ridiculous. Like, well, you gave me the Will Manny, but, like, how many – ground balls that a player have on a season that's it's so tough hard. i know now you know now you know i was ready for some players numbers i feel like i'm good at those hometown colleges <laughs> high, high school high weight. <laughs> i could do well with colleges i don't know about hometowns <laughs> height's hard too because you can be like an inch off i'm, all, I'm always yeah. an inch off <laughs> yeah lifted height and weight is Always different. Well, good job, Joe. Well, next time you'll get another stab at it. Yeah. 
All right. I'll be better. I'll start studying now. Yeah, yeah. start studying now. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Dad. Thank you. All right. That is our episode. We will talk Finish. to you all in a couple of days on yes. Tuesday. But before we go, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and please leave us a review. Please, please leave us a review. It it brightens our day. It makes our whole year. Make sure you follow us also at the Inside Feed on Twitter and Instagram and at Lisa Redman29 and at Emma Dams on Instagram. You can also follow Joe Keegan at Joe Keegs on Twitter. He's way more active on Twitter than he is Instagram, and that's where he puts all his fun stats. He's a good follow. Very he good has follow. great memes yeah, and jokes, funny. so I highly recommend. And you can also follow Chris Savia at Chris underscore Savia. Yes. Gab. We see you, Chris Sabia fan club. We see you. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable.